Hello, everyone. Welcome to the last leg of our UK tour here on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Final stretch. The final stretch. Uh, Peppa Pig has not been on, and I don't think she'll be on today. Uh, Didn't but make the cut. I, <laughs> but joining me is uh, Mr. Halfbrit himself, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing? I appreciate you uh, not potentially insulting me again with half twit. <laughs> I am doing well on account of that. And how are you uh, this fine uh, rainy day in uh, Vancouver? I am doing very well, my friend. With this weather, it does feel like we're truly in the UK. It uh, feels very dreary. Uh, but I'm very excited for our last mystery guest. Uh, it's been actually very fun not knowing who the guest is. So um, Another one of Lee's friends. Another one of Lee's friends. We're seeing that Lee is a very connected individual. Uh, we're very grateful to have Lee and, and Fordham uh, introducing us to these uh, incredible uh, individuals across the pond. So looking forward to our final mystery guest today. Let's get Lee back on and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Frass, thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. We're really happy to have you, and uh, we're really lucky to have Lee as a, a co-host here. So there's three co-hosts today, but... Uh, Pleasure. Yeah, let's uh, hand it over to my friend Lee here. We'll get started. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks for us for joining. So um, today we just uh, want to sort of discuss um, cybersecurity. You know, it's really, really important in organizations, um, you know, strategy in terms of protecting their brand. And um, I think today it'd be good maybe just to hear a bit, uh, a bit about... You know your thoughts on cybersecurity and how important you think it is to to the clients that um, you service. I was surprised last year with how things and how how like things have changed with respect to the range of clients that we're seeing and we're servicing and the interest that's coming in. But actually, in the last six months, it's just it's just surpassed even my greatest you know sort of hopes and ambitions. In the last twenty four hours, I've been dealing with a major bakery company, um, dealing with a foam company that makes foam for, for beds. And, you know, two years ago, we were only dealing with financial and government and a few higher end sort of customers. It has changed dramatically that has hit the street that I can't think of any sector, any vendor that is not talking to people about cyber, really worried about capabilities internally capabilities to respond, all these kind of issues, compliance issues. We are inundated, which is good for business, but it's also good because everybody needs to start to wake up and they certainly are waking up. So for us, when we're, when we're talking about cybersecurity, our show is called Cybersecurity Matters, and you effectively answered that question, why does cybersecurity matter? But when we're talking to non-technical business leaders about cyber threats and cyber attacks, who is the enemy that we're protecting ourselves from? Like who's behind these attacks? Is it uh, somebody with a hoodie in a basement in uh, Eastern Europe or, you know, who, who are these, uh, who is the enemy here? How can we define that? There's a couple of enemies, right? There really is a couple of enemies. So, um, I did a, I did a talk on this, uh, quite recently. So you've got, you've got different camps and it'll all come, you know, bear with me while it makes sense. Okay. You've got the technology guys, the tech sellers out there, and they're obviously selling the latest and the greatest going forward, you know, particularly brand driven. Uh, and they're outdoing each other with different features because that's how they need to separate themselves. 
And a lot of clients go to those people just to, you know, just become cyber aware and try to how to understand what they need because that, you know, that's their suppliers that they go to, right? Then you've got the camp of the client and the client's got real issues when it comes down to capability that I alluded to and response time and people particularly and skill sets. So they've got different issues and they're being sold the kind of wrong products half the time. But going back to your original question, I'll circle back to what I'm saying, right? Cybercrime truly pays. It's very lucrative business, okay? It is a very lucrative business and it's happening everywhere. And it's no longer like the Russians, the Chinese, the Eastern Europeans, the Nigerians. It's not like that anymore. It is everywhere and anywhere like any crime we have. The largest crime committed in North America without me checking, will be cybercrime, as in the number of events compared to the number of murders and criminals. It is the number one in the UK, has been for the last three years. It pays. Nobody gets caught. You can be paid in somewhere like in Eastern Europe. You'll earn an average of about 2,000 euros. And in dollar terms, that's probably, what, 1,800, something like that. I don't know off the top of my head not too far off, about 20% of that. You can make that money very simply in an hour, in an hour, and nobody catches you. Nobody knocks on the door. And so, and, and in your mindset, it's a, it's a complete, um, bloodless, you know, bloodless crime. Nobody died, right? Nobody's hurt. Nobody's emotionally detached in your mind. So it really pays. And when you look at organized crime, the risks they take compared to how you can be paid, if you can get the distribution networks out there, do it really well, uh, which we've seen on the dark web and how well it can be done. You're talking about millions of dollars, you, you, you know, you, you can sort of make. That's the bad guys, which makes it really simple. Let me talk about going back to what I was saying before. The other enemy is also yourself, your own network, okay? Here's the thing tech vendors won't tell you, okay? They won't tell you that 80% of how attackers get into your network is through misconfiguration because they can't help you with that. They won't tell you the misconfigurations are because you didn't know you had those assets in your network. They won't tell you that either. And it comes down to getting organized, getting capability, Getting proper help against a structured, um, against a structured framework, whether you're going for a MITRE attack framework, a compliance framework, there are plenty out there. MITRE is generally at the moment the benchmark, I would say. And you just realize that your cyber journey is that journey going forward. Uh, you know, it is a complex subject and I don't want to overload your listeners here today, but it, it is complicated, but. Like going to the gym, you've got to make the first step. You've got to start getting a bit organized. You've got to get the resources. Make sure your technology that you've invested in is already sweated and working for you every day. And you might need some more people and you might need some more technology. That's really great insight for us. And you know, um, diving a bit further into that, I mean, in terms of certain specific uh, types of attacks maybe that we're seeing with uh, small and mid-sized enterprises or businesses right now, I mean, things like ransomware are running amok, like digital wildfire. Why is ransomware 
so, I mean, depending on your viewpoint, so successful or so rampant uh, in, in, with, with small and mid-sized organizations? It is because it's instant. Before, when you are looking at, like, if you wanted to hack a network, okay, that's a lot of work. You need to find the back door. You've got to find the client. You've got to research it. You've got to, you could, there's a lot of work involved in getting, uh, you know, um, if you want to have an, an, okay, so you're in the network. Now, what do you do? Now I've got to find the crown jewels. I've got to exfiltrate it, pull it out, or, and then I've got to find a buyer who wants to buy it or sell it, or I want to do something malicious myself. And even if you do something malicious, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's even difficult to then extract the money. Now, a ransomware, you can deploy on an email. You can literally deploy it on an email, bash it up. They don't have the controls. You've got it. And it, you don't even know who you're going to hit. You're going phishing. You're going, you know, you're just throwing in a bomb. And instantly, you have the protocols. And then, bing, it gets deployed. Servers get encrypted. Databases gets encrypted. Ransomware goes out, gets noted. The customer is in complete lockdown frozen he's done it's it's you know it's it's too late the crime's being committed and now he's held to ransom now on the dark web believe it or not and i have actually seen this there is not only guys who have developed ransomware they will sell it to perpetrators you've got the second layer of criminals they've spent time selling it and they will take 25 percent of whatever you make you have like a an agreement with them then they also offer, because a lot of one of the issues they found with ransomware, okay, because they like to get payment in Bitcoin and Bitcoin is a game changer for them, right? Changing dollars is a real big issue because you're breaking numerous crimes when you're sending dollars to organized crime. That becomes real. Bitcoin, untraceable, fine, great. So they've now got Bitcoin and that's what's part of the accelerator in this sort of crime space is the advent of Bitcoin, okay? It's become the currency of choice. But a lot of the end users that get deployed with ransomware have no idea where to get Bitcoin. They actually have help desks. They have help desks that even have trust pilot ratings on them. Can you, I mean, you, you can't imagine. The hijackers now have trust pilot rating on how helpful was am I getting to help you get the ransom money <laughs> to decrypt your servers. This is the scale we're talking about nowadays. And we've seen in this last year, I have seen ransoms for up to 75 million US dollars being held by some companies that we've helped, helped down to $400. It's, it's, that's what I can think of the top of my head, what I've seen this year alone. From seventy-five million dollars to four hundred million dollars, it's really easy. It's really easy to to deploy. Also, chatting to somebody I know in the cyber um, the cyber insurance market, ransomware is their biggest claim now. It's the thing they they really look for. It's the biggest question now when you're filling in your uh, you know your application for uh, cyber insurance. If you're looking to go down that route, that's the thing they'll question the most is how are you protected against that risk? And that says everything about that risk at the moment. Absolutely. It seems like cyber criminals must really appreciate the insurance industry, 
uh, the insurers and the reinsurers for really backing their uh, business model in a way, <laughs> funding the business model indirectly. <laughs> Problem is with, with all insurance, it happens after the accident, after the crime. It doesn't really help you, right? It doesn't. I mean, it helps you, of course. You get financial. There's some face saving there. But actually, if, you know, your business could be down big time by that. It doesn't really help. And I think. And I think from what I'm seeing in the industry at the moment, you know, uh, cyber insurance is good. Is there, you know, it's a, almost like a, you know, break glass. You know, you, you, you don't want to call on it, but you, if you do have to call on it, you hope it's there. And I think for the organizations I'm seeing that have had to, you know, engage with their insurance, I think the, the, the worry is if you're not proactive around cybersecurity, you know, you're not going to get that insurance policy cover right. at the end of the day. You know, you get compromised once, you know, potential, you mm-hmm. know, you've not put measures in place. If you do that twice, you know, that could be the end of a, you know, end they're of they're not obligated to yeah. insure you at that yeah. point. Absolutely. Not obligated. Same like when your place goes on fire, your house on fire, they ask you, have you got a fire alarm? Did you have an extinguisher? You know, if you say no, 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 they can say to the policy, well, you're supposed to have a smoke alarm. You're supposed to have this, this, this. We're out of here. That's it. Absolutely. So it'd be good to sort of hear a bit more about, um, for us, I mean, all around the proactive elements in you, how, how you guys, you know, help, how do you, how do you help customers make sure they're protected in real time? You know, this is such a, a massive task to, to manage for, you know, organizations out there, cyber, you know, they've got very, very, very small agile IT teams. They don't have the experience. You know, how do you, how do you guys actually help? Well, basically, we give our customers capability. And what I mean by that is that being an MSSP, that stands for a managed security service provider, we monitor our clients 24 by 7. And we do that by our own SIM tools. We have our own tech stack, uh, which we can talk about if somebody, you know, later on wanted to get into that. And we're monitoring against an SLA. All right. So basically, it goes back to the basics of if you have within your network, and that when I mean a network, I mean physical and application and cloud, all of it. That's what I mean by a, a network. If you have the capability to to uh, detect with some of the tools that you may have, you may be missing some tools. You must have the capability to respond. That is the outcome because there's no point in detecting if you don't have the capability to respond. So what we do is that we monitor our clients 24 by 7. We prioritize their tickets. We understand it. But it's backed by 250 security analysts globally around the world. We have security operations centers around the world. And this business, Security HQ, which I founded, is built by engineers, run by engineers, and it's very much driven on that basis. So we monitor our clients. But it's more than that, right? It's a journey. When a client comes on board, it's not like, oh, right, we're monitoring you. Go rest easy. It's not like that at all. There are so many alarms we have to deal with, but it's a journey the client learns as he goes along about he sees the health of his network, the gaps in their network, what they should invest in, what they shouldn't invest in, what worked for them, what doesn't work for them, understanding where their databases, where their crown jewels are, their CRM databases. And we do it from pure cloud-based companies. We're just doing a massive uh, Indian tech company that doesn't own a single firewall or a server, but they have over something like 50 million customers. Um, they sell makeup, believe it or not, online, all the way through proper data center telcos, lots of tin, lots of hardware. And they they all have the same problems. And I'd say that to anybody listening to this podcast. 
There is nobody perfect there and everybody's playing catch up and everybody has a limited budget and everybody has skills problems. So that is the world we live in. And those, those problems I don't believe are going to go away. But what we do, monitor 24 by 7, we correlate all the logs, all the events, kick out the alarms, react when the alarms are, have an incident management service when required for the higher-end companies. But most of the day work is going through the weekly, you know, the weekly reports that we produce. You need to check this, close that. A lot of boring stuff. A lot of boring stuff that you still have to go through. This vulnerability, this threat intelligence, have you updated? Have you patched? All those basics that we create a roadmap for them that they keep going through that process to understand it. And then obviously the live threat feeds we give, uh, which is part of the service of we just issued out a threat feed today on um, on a Linux thing. And this is what you need to do. These are the steps you need to do. This is how you do it. Absolutely. That's really, really, really good. It sounds, you know, it's very much like that proactive standpoint, you know, having, you know, someone like yourselves, you know, monitoring environments 24 seven is a bit of peace of mind. You know, you, you go at three o'clock, you go to bed, you know, you want to wake up the next morning and know that your business is protected. And, and that's a, you know, that's a massive outcome. It, it is. <laughs> it is. And I think the biggest challenge, you know, around cyber is educating our customers, you know, educating the clients because, you know, gone are the days where you install a firewall, you know, you install antivirus and you, you know, you set and forget, you know, you, you're protected, you're buying the, you know, the, the top Rolls Royce type products, you know, Palo Alto, yep. you know, Fortinet, just to, you know, name a few, you know, that no longer that's just enough, you know, you've got so many different elements to monitor, to maintain, you know, IT teams are stretched post COVID being asked for lots and lots of more requirements and you know to have someone monitoring environments you know you know it's a great great peace of mind absolutely you know i think it's um, um like, like you're driving there uh, lee it's it's a it's a core outcome it's a key outcome that needs to be achieved in in this modern digital age you know especially for small mid-sized organizations that like you said they're are overwhelmed understaffed so it's 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 really important um for as we're unfortunately low on time here but we're very grateful to you for joining us on on the cybersecurity matters podcast today uh thank you again for for sharing your insights and wisdom we really appreciate it pleasure Thanks, guys have a good one out thank there. you for us thank you bye-bye cheers lee christian and i will be right back momentarily to wrap up today's episode Well, I think that was a fantastic way of wrapping up uh, our UK tour for us. It was just a wealth of knowledge, uh, just some incredible, incredible uh, knowledge bombs that he dropped on us today. What, what was one of your favorites? Well, I've never met Faraz, but I, I want to. I, I like him. I feel like he's he's going to be a good friend. Um, he has given to me the best description of cyber criminals networks, how they run like a business. I mean, we've talked about it before, but man, I love the way he laid that out today. Yeah, he did a wonderful job of truly elevating um, the fact that you know, we're up against professionals, right? Cybercrime has been heavily uh, professionalized and I completely agree with you. Faraz did an excellent job of detailing that in, in, a, in not just the way that uh, non-technical people can understand, but a very thorough and descriptive manner as well. So big that, round of applause. Big round of applause for him. That was a fantastic way to end our virtual UK tour. Uh, and we want to big, uh, give a big thanks uh, to Lee and Fordham uh, for being our guides on on our virtual UK tour. What's the verdict? Are we going to have Lee back? I believe so. Uh, next time he's across here, uh, we're we're happy to do that. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll visit them and do the show. Let's do the that. Let's yeah. let's uh, let's commit to that right now. Is that yeah. a deal? Yeah, as long as I don't have to sit next to you on the plane, that'd be great. <laughs> 
great. That sounds good. Uh, so uh, uh, hopefully you all enjoyed the uh, show today and enjoyed our UK series. I know uh, Christian and I thoroughly did. Um, so who knows where we go next week. Uh, I'll be able, probably won't go anywhere, but you never know. Uh, but thank you again for joining us again on another fantastic edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. If you missed previous episodes, please do uh, check back on your favorite podcasting platform or on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page. Until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll catch you again next time on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast.